0: Hi everyone, and a huge, huge welcome to the Dedicate podcast. It's so great to have you here. I'm your host, Kate Ivey. I'm the owner, founder, and a trainer at Dedicate. Dedicate is the Kiwi and Aussie, down-to-earth, online fitness platform for rural and regional women, mums, even grandmothers, and those that don't have time for the gym. Everyone is welcome, and there's literally something for everyone. Anyway, getting started on today's episode, I'm chatting to the wonderful Jackie Elliott. I met Jackie just a couple of weeks ago in country Victoria for the Rural Women's Day event. Jackie founded this event and held the very first one in 2019, followed three years later by the 2002 event. Like Dedicate was born out of my own struggles, so too was Rural Women's Day for Jackie. Jackie shares with us her rock bottom and inspires us to give things a go get out of our comfort zones, not worry about what others think, and back ourselves. Thanks, Jackie. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. How was your day? Really good. Good. What happened? Was there anything in particular that was really good?
1: Nothing special. Just good to get get calls done that I've been trying to get done for what feels like a week. (laughs) Yeah. What do you do? What's your um, job outside of Rural (laughs) Women's Day? I work three days a week for farm tender that, so my role's in customer support. Yeah. And um, they, um, so we've got just over 60,000 members and we sell farm machinery and equipment. So it's like a buy, swap and sell group, but for farmers. Oh, wow. How cool. Yeah. I enjoy it. And so my role, yeah, I contact all new members to like somewhat induct them to the website and see, yeah. Oh, ideal. Is it getting and, on all right? And is that Australia-wide or just yep. in Victoria? Yep, Australia-wide. Yeah, Australia-wide.
0: Amazing. Yeah. So, it's great to have you here. It's. Um, should with... I
1: turn off my video?
0: Turn it off? Yeah, should I turn it off? No, I need to be able to see you. Well, what if I can't see you? Yeah, you can,
1: can't you? No. Do you not have a video? No, it, you've got a black screen. Ah, Ah. The cat's
0: still on the um video. How rude of me. Sorry. (laughs) That's all right. Here I am. I'm not just a black screen. I exist. (laughs) Cool. So yeah, excited to chat today. Two weeks ago we were getting geared up for such an amazing weekend. How are you feeling now?
1: Yeah, good. I um heck it was a bit hectic. I think like It took three years to plan that Rural Women's Day weekend. (laughs) And (laughs) you could tell it was so awesome. And then it was like, yeah, so three years to plan it. And then you go, I don't know, every single thing happens in the last three days, right? So that, like, it doesn't matter how long you plan or how much you do leading up to the event, the most work happens in the three days. Yeah before the event so that was really hectic because there's things you
0: just can't do and there are also things that your brain doesn't go to until it's time do you find that yeah like when we're planning challenges sometimes it's like right we're going to be really organized this time and then you just can't your brain won't go to where you want it to go until there's (laughs) a wee bit of like
1: come on let's do this but even like um name tags like we can't do name tags prior to the event because people still buy tickets so they're like the last minute thing. And then, yeah, it's just, and I mean, because we live 40, well, it's easy in a way, but we live 40 minutes from the venue. So, yeah. um, you know, you've got to make sure you've packed everything. And I think it would be as much as I want to take that event elsewhere. I um, see it you, does man. make it easy right now, because if I do forget something, usually when mum and I are leaving, um we like I'd leave first and if I got over there and was like oh I haven't got this yeah mom will be a bit behind me so can get it for me instead yeah
0: you'd have to really load up the car and then a plane potentially you know like it would be (laughs) yeah (laughs) hard going like yeah it's exciting to think where it's all going going to go but before we get more in depth and there I thought we just get to know you a bit more yeah so you also have your podcast ducks on the pond so you're not new to this podcasting
1: um yeah not really but the podcasting ducks on the ponds a collaborative podcast through rural women's day and kirsten diprose Mm -hmm. so kirsten came to me with an idea that she wanted to have a platform to share more stories now kirsten comes from a long a long career in journalism um she started out with the abc Mm -hmm. and um you know she still continuously reads um like the weather on TV and she like she's so she's very much involved but she doesn't live very far from where I am and so yeah. she married a farmer. Um, she was a city girl, married a farmer. And podcast has never really been on my radar, one, because I wouldn't even know where to start and two, like I'm not sure I could have the time to spend re- like um, editing a podcast. Like, yeah. and It's not a skill and it's not really something I'm interested in so it's not a skill I would go and learn to mm-hmm. try and do that. So Kirsten reached out to me and she wanted to start a podcast, but also understood that what I was doing in the Rural Women's Day space and being local, that perhaps it would work, um, you know, and have, we have some kind of audience there um, and the social media platform to build the audience for the podcast. Yeah. So it was very much her baby. And I said, yeah, let's do this. Um, So that was about two years ago. And not long after I said, yeah, let's do this. I actually called her and said, I'm so sorry. I am i can't do this. I'm yeah. too scared of um, interviewing or recording. I'm like, I can do everything else for you. I can do your social media. I can help you with marketing. I can reach, you know, manage emails. I can contact people for interviews. I said, but I'm not doing the interviews. Yeah, And she's like, no, you'll be fine. And I was freaking out big time. <laughs> I was losing sleep over it. It was crazy. Oh my goodness. And um, so Kirsten, she goes, All right, that's fine. She goes, But we'll just see how you go. If, you know, if an interview comes up and you do it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So she just completely to, took the pressure off you. Yeah. She was like, No, that's fine. And she, I think I didn't want to let her down either because I was like, You know, that's her baby. I was happy for her to go and find someone else that was confident. Like I didn't want, you know, that, that was her passion project to work
0: yeah.
1: on. And, um, and so she kind of, um, just ease me into it. And then she's done a really good job of, um, so generally our podcasts is like our episodes are like two guests and then us talking. So Kirsten reads, um, listens to both interviews, um, gels them together and then sort of sets out a bit of a script for what, what we're going to be talking about. Mm -hmm. So that's really helped me because she's, she's putting into place what, um, you know, where and what I'm going to be talking about. Yeah. Um, and then I got the opportunity to interview a lady who I had um, dealt with before through Rural Women's Day. And I interviewed her and it was quite, it was, it was fun and it was easygoing. And I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. Mm-hmm. So I started branching out and mostly interviewing people who I knew, but um, then started getting bigger and interviewing people who I don't know, but I admire them on social media or, um, or you know, they run successful businesses. Um, so then, now, when we do an episode, majority of the time I've done an interview, Kirsten's done an interview, and then we gel them together. Cool. Um, in the last one that we did, I actually interviewed a very successful businesswoman who now lives in Texas, so she's oh, wow. in Australian now living in Texas, and another Aussie um, who is uh, living in London and a very successful businesswoman. So I've reached out to them and got to interview them, like you mm. know those ladies, and they're kind of you know, they're superstars in what they do. So like-
0: Yeah, do you find you, this is what happens to me when I'm interviewing someone like that, I get really nervous. And like (laughs) the first few, like you, I lost sleep and I would turn up and my brain wouldn't function. And you spend the whole time listening and thinking what questions am I going to ask? What questions are you going to ask? And then you forget to listen because you're too busy stressing about what questions you're going to ask, ask them and being ready to ask the right question at the right time, forgetting that the pauses and the mistakes get edited out yeah it's full on Yeah,
1: absolutely and i agree and i and that's what you know and you heard me talk about Rural women's day i think kirsten a few times um because that saying yes to that opportunity i saw like saying yes to doing the podcast there was a few opportunities in that and one was um it was another way to have a platform um to reach a different audience through, for mm-hmm. Rural women's day yeah um and it was, you know, what Rural Women's Day about is about for me is offering a platform for other women to, you know, put their ideas forward. And that's what mm. Kirsten did. Like she needed some support. And so we've been able to use our Rural Women's Day website as a um as a, a platform or a landing page for Ducks on the Pond. Yeah. Um, and and you know, we're already paying for that website, so we might as well utilize it. Um, mm. and and then Kirsten had those skills, but then I also had a social media audience audience and I probably and I probably maybe a bit more tech savvy than Kirsten when it comes to using Instagram, so yeah. I've been able to manage that side of things. So um, t- together, you're a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and but like I think too, then the other opportunity for that was I was like, you know, it might help my public speaking, and honestly, it's pr- improved probably three hundred percent compared to where yeah. I was. Well,
0: you speak beautifully, and I think that's an amazing, an amazing example of. Just put yourself out there. Put yourself in an uncomfortable position, and you learn as you go, and you improve as you go. And before you know it, you are that person that you didn't think you could <laughs> be. Hey,
1: that's exact, and that's so true. And i I think like there's, yeah, I would I would have said no to um interviews like this now, like yeah. because as soon as there were something, and it still triggers me a little bit when something goes on record or like it's like when that you know when zoom goes on record, and so it's like a recording in progress but I'm like oh yes. I just got the shivers I know exactly
0: what you mean I still <laughs> and- find radio really hard yep really hard because it is so short and you're thinking right I've got to cram this in and <laughs> if they ask me um, a question that has two answers required you know how people ask two questions in one yeah Yep. I'm like shivers I can't remember and what the, answer first the one, first one, is. one, and then yeah. you can't remember the next part <laughs> no you can't remember and it's yeah awkward but um, I think that's why on radio you do hear sometimes when you're listening to people on radio the answer doesn't really match the question necessarily but it doesn't really matter you're just listening anyway <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah no I agree so look it's yeah doing a podcast has been amazing and um mm-hmm. and yeah I mean we're I think they're just over 20,000, um, like, downloads, listens now. and Awesome. Um, and Kirsten's continually growing it and she's always doing other projects. And I think what I love about working with her is um, she didn't... I've had plenty of um, people come to Raw Women's Day because they want something. Like, I know that might sound maybe a bit harsh or... But it's... But they... I don't know, they... They want and they're people that want to use use you for something. And yeah. and I really um yeah, have you have to you have your boundaries up in some degree. But Kirsten, she was straight out like, I don't want to do events, I don't want to do this, this is what I want to do as a podcast. And um and so like saying yes to that, and Kirsten and I hadn't really we'd we'd seen each other, we'd met each other a few times locally, but not on like a personal level. So mm-hmm. And it was new to me, and I thought, well, you know what? I will say yes to this. And um, but you know, and that's the thing. She's such a genuine person that she's kept to her word. She hasn't overtaken yeah, so amazing. taken on other things. Um, she doesn't. Um, she doesn't push. Do you know? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. And even um, with things that she wants to do with the podcast, she's like, oh, sorry, I've lined up this to do. Um, I hope you don't mind. And I'm like, Kirsten, it's your baby. Like, yeah, I'm. I have hundred tr- percent trust in your decisions that you make for the like for podcast. Um, if though there's something like on the other hand, though, if I was making a pretty big decision for the podcast, I would, um, you know, cause it's not two. my, yeah. my hundred percent thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I would go via her and go like, is this, you know, this all good or yeah she rings with ideas and, and now, um, we've been able to, um, use that podcast as a platform. So we've had a, a female business, rural business come to us and they don't have the means of doing a podcast, but we're going to offer them a, pl- a platform that we do the recordings with them um, and the interviews and we'll do like a mini series. So it oh, will be cool. still under our podcast, but um, they want to get out there to a different listening um, reach. And Yeah, nice. Yeah. So. Oh, so, so like, cool. It's and, are they, grow and it's helped it grow. Yeah. And like the, the
0: massive array of skills that by putting yourself out there with this rural, with Rural Women's Day and all its many fronds, I guess, um, the skills that you pick up along the way, like, just are amazing, aren't they? And so Rural Women's Day came about, like Dedicate came about through my own struggles, Rural Women's Day came about due to your own struggles, didn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think, like, when we, yeah, spoke the other day, and I'd mentioned, like, I think Rural Women's Day probably was... Well, it's definitely the beginning of something big. And that mm. sort of happened about three, three and a half years ago. Um, but it come, it was, it started after probably a long, what well, felt like a long 10 years. Yeah. Talk us through that, that 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So like 10 years before I started Rural Women's Day, mm. I really struggled um, with mental health and especially anxiety and um probably throw a bit of depression in there too I'm always still a bit nervous about calling it depression because I I I know there's people that re- like also struggle out there and I and so I'm not sure whether I'm confident still unknowing knowing or labeling that for me I, I'm not I sure know but- exactly what you
0: mean it's <laughs>
1: this you don't want to seem like you're being a hypochondriac
0: and that you know there's people worse off than you but I think that isn't that where a lot of the issues are—that people don't go and get help because they think, "Oh no, no, I'm yep. actually fine. It's nothing."
1: Hundred percent, and yeah. that's where, like, yeah. So it probably all started when I was about um, fifteen, when my fam- like my parents sold their f- our family property. We're fifth generation on. So and obviously, being fifth generation, you were born and bred there. Um, whereabouts is it? Um, so that was in Central Victoria, and yeah, and it was um Mom and Dad put the farm on the market, and it was due. It wasn't. It was due to a partnership dissolve. So um, between my dad and his brother.
0: it's mm. a hard um, one
1: because it, it's hard for them to work. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, and it was like, oh, to be honest, it was devastating, and it still is devastating. Like I don't think I'll ever get over it. Yeah. Um, but we. So sorry. Just
0: going back to that. So why do you think it's so devastating? So my parents have just sold their farm, and yes, it's gutting. I don't know if it's gutting. It's it's the right time. It's sad. I'll miss the place. But for you, do you think it's the fifth generation thing or did you have so many memories aligned with it? I think it was
1: because the decision was not in your control. Yeah. So as so in your parents... It was very it much, much a force. It was very much a force. No one I wanted see. to see. I see. So it kind of come about where um, dad was working on the family farm and his brother wanted to return um, to the area after he was working away. And they wanted the partnership to dissolve, and um, the property we were living on, we had lived there for like just over ten years, um, and like so it was a couple of different farms all in the same area, but yeah. So we lived on one of them for about ten years, and it was a property a bit out of the ordinary. Like it's not something that. Um when I say a bit out of the ordinary, it had two waterfalls. Wow. It was at the junction of two rivers. It was the largest privately owned gorge in sub, like um southern Victoria, from what I understand. Like, southern Southern Australia, sorry. Yeah. Um yeah, and I mean like it was what sort property. of farm was
0: it?
1: Yeah, so mum and dad had beef and sheep cattle. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, beef and um sheep, sorry. And um and yeah, and it just you know, it was home. It was the only place that yeah. would ever be called home. And, um, and like and- you say,
0: it got taken from you. So it was home, but you were all envisioning it was going to be home for a very long time to yeah. come. Yeah. Absolutely. And only and I being think 15, too, and seeing
1: your parents, were your parents just absolutely devastated as well? Uh, yeah. Like, and, but like also my brother and sister and mum and dad, and like, you know, stress levels through the roof. And, mm. um, and then, but I also, um, when, so I was in like year nine or it was at the end of year eight when, um, when it sort of went out for sale and then they didn't sell at the auction. And like throughout the end of year eight, I was, I, that's the thing though. Like I was an a plus kid in school doing mm-hmm. really well, and then shit went downhill from there. So, <laughs> like, um, but, and then I started playing up in school. Like, I just was a troublemaker. And uh, when I say a troublemaker, I think it was probably more like an attention thing, not mm-hmm. like it was just like, I mean, it was a kid screaming out for help without yeah. actually if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so when they, when the farm actually sold, um, we in the meantime we moved to a townhouse and so you could imagine like five working dogs a couple of little house dogs living in this oh tiny oh my house.
0: goodness
1: house and my brother was home and we were sh- like he's four years older than me so we was were sharing school? Um, a bedroom at the time like on oh bunks my goodness. And, which you know don't get me wrong like that you know it's still there's there's, strong it's, it's fond memories good memories, good fond yeah. memories from that but um yeah and then in In that time, though, in the time that my parents had had to um, like exit the property, um, I was away for about eight weeks on a school um, trip. Well, it was a a government funded um, school term where you apply to go, and you like you have to go through an application process, and Mm. and they select um, some students. Like it was only like four students, I think, from our high school go. And so there's where did you go? Yeah, so went to the Alpine school and it's um in the mountains at like near Mount Hotham. So cool. in the high country. And mm-hmm. um so I was away for that term. And that term being away, it was all about hands-on learning, like there wasn't really classroom stuff, it wasn't mainstream education. We did hiking and camps and we walked Mount oh. Feathertop. I rode a pushbike to Mount like to Omeo. Like there was lot it was very much suited to someone like me, a farm kid. Yeah. <laughs> And so when I returned to like mainstream school and back into high school, it was a mess because I'd realized I'm like, I don't have to sit here in a classroom to go and, you know, do what I want to do. Yeah. Even I didn't probably know what I wanted to do, but all I wanted to do is work, work doing farming, something like that. So mm-hmm. my parents brought another property and we moved and um and we are there, they lived live there for about two and a half years. Was that close by or was that somewhere quite different? It was um, about three and a half hours, four hours drive. Okay. And near Dunkeld or different direction? No, another direction. So down in South Gippsland. Okay. Um. So the other side of Melbourne, and yeah, it was it was interesting farming. It was it look, the country looks pretty and it's picturesque, but it's not great for farming. Like um, we it was a bit steep the country, um and. A lot of health issues in stock due to not being able to, you know, put fertilizer out, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and just and the water was like the water quality was terrible. Like, so was, why could you not put fertilizer out? It's because it was too steep. Did so, you not do it, it with a
0: plane. It, That's what we're Yeah, here. you could do
1: it with a plane, but then the pastures weren't renovated. Like, it was just it was just a big. At task. End of the day, it was a completely different type of farming operation to what Mum and Dad had come from. Yeah, and yeah, you didn't matter what what they were trying to do. Um, there was selenium deficiencies so they were losing 10% of their stock like calves before um, their due date and yeah just um, all these things that they didn't know would happen because they hadn't farmed sort of yeah, land like that before yeah. 100% yeah. And, um, and yeah so we while they were there um, I lived there for about eight months um, and in that time I'd started a new school and hated school um, one day I left like I'd had enough with school in the end and um, I ended up dropping out on the Friday and on the Monday I started like full-time work at McDonald's <laughs> and, um, cause mum and dad like, well, if you're not going to school, you're going to be working. Yeah, well, so fine, McDonald's went... <laughs> it is then. Sorry, how old were you? Oh, like 16. I just yeah. turned 16. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so I started working at McDonald's and then did that until the end of the year. So that was like say October and I did to the end of the year. And then the following so year I started moved schools in this time too, which would have been disruptive. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So in the space of two terms, I just changed schools, um, dropped out of school, started at McDonald's, mum and dad moved to the new farm. Yeah. My little sister, who's four years younger, she actually stayed at our old um, property and she went and lived with her godparents mm. um, while she finished year six because yeah. um, before instead of changing to high school, like half, like, you know, changing schools okay. halfway through the year. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, how we- old are you now? Uh, just turned thirty, yeah, so cool. yeah, like fifteen years ago, and yeah, um, yeah and, and my brother he was living like he was working away, um, so we're all kind of a bit displaced. Like it didn't matter what we tried to do, It just yeah, it, nothing,
0: nothing sort of nothing felt, felt right. right. Yeah,
1: yeah, and um, so the fault, like when I yeah I was sixteen, I just didn't do a bit with working with McDonald's. I decided to roll in TAFE and start a certificate in agriculture. I think it was like a set two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, also did a bit of motor, um, automotive, so just sort of doing anything to fill in my week basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got the opportunity then to, um, attend, um, ag college. So, um, applied for that at age 16 and the ag college I went to was just over 2000 kilometers from home. Wow. Um, so I went to Queensland at Emerald in central Queensland, wow, amazing. um, so that there was a big thing, a big step for me to. Um, in one way, though, it was it was good. In one way, it was bad. So the good thing about it was, like, is exactly what I needed at that time. Yeah. Um, to go and live with people in the same boat, you all know each other. Like you know, you're all new to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, doing something hands-on wasn't in the classroom. On the other hand, though, I very much used a college as a while I was so far away from home, I didn't have to pretend, think that home was where mum and dad were now. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I could think of it as being our old farm yeah, and and where we grew up and where I did call home. So for a long time there, what I had in my mind as a place I calling home was not actually home for where our family was. Yeah, so you're kind of um, running away from it.
0: Yeah, way, I think so. It was a positive move. It was, yeah, you were hiding from
1: dealing with those yeah absolutely so like and I think even going home on holidays was hard like I went home every six months while I was um up there for 18 months so you know I go home and it wasn't quite right like you Mm -hmm. feel like you're just on a holiday yeah (laughs) like it was just and I think yeah I think as as a teenager you learn to block a lot of shit out like and you um skip past things quite quickly um and I think yeah would you agree you don't really
0: feel the same like I remember feeling stressed and all that kind of stuff, but I don't feel like it hit as hard.
1: Yeah. I don't know I would if agree. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I'm not sure whether, I mean, there must be some, you know, psychological report on it, but yeah. I'm sure, yeah, I think we just probably go through our teenager years and go, you know, oh, well, this happens, that happens. Like mm-hmm. um, But you have to be I'm- pretty tough to be a teenager. Like it's yeah. learn hard and fast. Like it's <laughs> full on. And you're still freaking learning when you're 30. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so going to ag college was freaking amazing. Like I loved it, um, you know, pass all my classes, have really great friends. I think the big thing, like when I graduated, um, my parents had actually just sold that farm that they were living at yeah. and brought the um, farm in the Western District where they live now. So, mm-hmm. um. And
0: Which feels that, a bit more like home, right?
1: It now does. Okay, so but it took a while. Took, that took probably 10 years to feel like home, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that so when I graduated and that was um, like i just turned 18 and um, in, say, December I graduated and I got offered a job in New South Wales and I was going to take it and then I thought, no, you know what, mum and dad have just moved to this new place that I haven't lived before. I'm only 18. I'd like to go and see where they live, um, and try and find work locally to meet some people locally, like, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, otherwise, you know, if I didn't go home, then when's the prime? Like that's the prime time when a, you move into an area to meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I'm never going to have somewhere to call home because I'd only just be going to see mum and dad and then and leaving again. Yeah. So, yeah, I ended up um, moving home to mum and dad's and, and which was a good thing because I could help dad and he was doing fencing on the new property and that sort of stuff. And, and I started work locally for a rural ag store um, and working with men that were the same age as my dad, <laughs> no one my own age, but yeah. Um, yeah, I really, I was enjoying, really enjoying the job. And then that's when I actually met um, my now husband, Dan. So, oh, wow.
0: Yes. Well, um, we need to talk about him because yeah, you didn't really mention
1: him much um, at Rural Women's Day. No, he is very much. He's in the background. <laughs> <laughs> he's, um, yes, yeah, so I, well, I met Dan, mum and dad lived here. Like and I met him um, had a party actually that they were putting on for a lady locally as a leaving party. And then the family, we brought the farm off. They, that was their leaving party, but then our welcome party as well. So yeah. I went there and I saw Dan and I didn't meet him that night, but I saw him and I remember saying to mom, Oh, I've got to get to meet that. Like got to know who that oh, is. Oh, cute. <laughs> and That's then it was really a few funny. months later and we officially, um, I can't, remember. mom and dad needed shearers and, um, we knew that Dan and his family were shearers, but we couldn't spell their surname. It's a really funny spelling for merchant. Because um, do you go by Jackie Elliott or Jackie Merchant? Yeah, Jackie Elliott. Have you not changed your name? No, not yet. Don't think I will. <laughs> Gil Power. <laughs> I've spent my whole life telling people to spell my surname with double T. I don't think I could spend the rest of my life telling you. Oh, is to spell it double
0: merchant. T? Oh, I'll change that. <laughs> I can relate to that because my maiden name is Patterson with one T, and normally it's spelled with two. So I can relate to that.
1: Yeah. So no, Merchant is M I R T S C H I N, and it's I, I can't. I could, couldn't even follow that. <laughs> <laughs> um. And yeah. So we couldn't. They couldn't spell this surname to look them up in the phone book. Yeah. And then, so I had to look on Facebook to try and find like who they were. Yeah. And found the surname. So then Dan and his dad actually come and show Mum and Dad's use. Um. That year. So and... he's still a sharer now? No, no, okay. But still, still, there's hay and contracting and different things. So yeah, that was probably back in the time when their business was slowly growing, and you know, doing shearing on the side was a bit extra income. I see. Um, yeah. yeah so, um, I got up extra early that day and went and met Dan, um, at at the shearing shed, and he How came. How convenient. Out and me. Hey. How convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Dad was impressed. I think that I got up so early, um, yeah. and then. The, and then we didn't really exchange many words and then it wasn't until um, a week or a couple of weeks later that we went to a clearing sale and I met Dan there and I put my hand out shake his hand and introduce myself properly. Um, and, yeah, kind of a funny story from that, that clearing sale, there was a box of goods um, that was getting auctioned off and it had one of those things that you type your letters into on a sticker. Do you know what I like? Um, it's- type letters into it on a sticker. You know, like one of them Dyson, um print sticker things and you you type I guess when you like label your kids lunch boxes oh yeah 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 it doesn't come out straight away yeah and I and I wrote in Jackie in there Dan's parent like Dan actually ended up buying that box and they took it back to their farm and then one of his workers typed in more words after my name so it was um Jackie and Dan sitting in a tree, K I S S I N G, and then printed it out and stuck it on his rear vision mirror. Bless <laughs> it. So, and had um, you only
0: just yarned that night or yeah, that day? Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And then, um, yeah, mum and dad were having a housewarming. So, this was all short in the space of like six months. Yeah. They were having a housewarming and invited practically everyone. And um, Dan and I started chatting on um, Facebook Messenger. And then we went out for lunch just the weekend or like the day before the housewoman party um, and we ate chips and gravy for our first lunch date. And, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you come to the housewoman party and it was, you know, probably rest, rest is history after that oh, one. So how cute. Um, I yeah, love so hearing ass- how everyone met their um, husbands. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Dad's family have got um, a couple of properties just here in the local bioduck area. So Um, he's practically the boy next door and um, yeah he farms with his mum and dad and his brother on their property and how um, nice so things do happen for a reason you know like absolutely
0: do you um think that like wonder what if your parents hadn't sold the
1: farm what would you be doing now those like sliding doors um everything happens for a reason would have to be my best like the biggest saying and the way life goes is like you know um it's, it, you know, what's meant to be will have meant to be like for a hundred percent, Kate, like it's, yeah, had, you know, I think, and I think though, it took me a long time. It wasn't probably until Dan and I, cause for about 10 years of our relationship, I spent a lot of time working away during the week and um, coming back on weekends. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we moved in together about, must be coming out four years ago. And it wasn't until, we were living in our own little house where I'd actually felt like like every time I left mom and Dad's farm, I'd be like, Oh, I'm leaving again, you know, I'm leaving home. Like I didn't you know, felt like I, you know, wanted to keep returning or didn't want mm-hmm. to leave. Like I mm-hmm. was sad for leaving. And it could have been just for a freaking day. Like it was ridiculous. Oh, wow. But, yeah. Um, but Um, somehow there was a time there about three or four years ago when I was like, um, I wasn't sad to leave. And then, and I think now like having a home with Dan and, you know, we've got our own thing, we've got a couple of pets and, um, like it's, we're literally three K's from where mum and dad are and three K's the other direction is where Dan's family farm is. So, um, yeah. And that's really felt like, like I can call that place home. And I think that probably, leads to a huge thing in like your mental health you know like throughout that 10 years being with Dan like I'd been back and forth to see psychologists, um on medication and finally I don't know whether really I felt some own peace in my own life like mm-hmm. or in myself um and and I think too like you know and I'd had some really difficult times in pl- workplaces like Bullying in some freaking rural towns and small. Wow, like what sort of things would happen? Oh, just like I was working with a team and just petty, petty bullshit. I probably is what I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and probably excluding
0: you from things and just
1: feeling like you're not a part of it. Yeah, excluding. But also, I think maybe some older women maybe feel threatened from younger women working in um you know, little businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's just a a small minded thing. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and I I do also feel that, um, we shouldn't assume if someone's young, we shouldn't assume that they've got no idea. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, general, like, yeah, like, you know, people have different varies of life experience, Mm -hmm. um, plus, you know, their education experience, that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, I think like I was probably I was for a long time I was in rural like rural workplaces treated like um, like you're just the shit kicker or yeah. and like yes, you've all got to start somewhere, but there's a degree of respect when it comes mm-hmm. to the people you work with yeah um, and and I remember just um, you know petty things like I my boss would walk to the back door and kick a cardboard box across the room and then he'd go, Oh, you need to pick that up? Like what? Just doing stupid shit like that. And that, that is bullying. That is awful. 100 percent And like when you call it out on it, how do you like you can't hang out, you can't keep working there. Like no. they never, it doesn't matter how many higher-up people um are there to like support you through whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um at the end of the day, they just want to make their work pace like they want to ensure that their brand of the business that they're working for mm-hmm. especially HR and I'm not and I don't mean this for uh, across the board it was obviously very much an individual you know an individual experience but um that the business is in their best interest it's not the human that's on the other like on the other side yeah. and um, also people are really busy with their lives so they want stuff sorted pretty quick so they can
0: get yeah. back to their day-to-day absolutely and yeah.
1: um but yeah just the the bullying was something that like I get pushed down and down and down and down like and then so I finally left and I was you know with that you know with the team for 18 months and I left and uh and like and so this was really early in Dan and my relationship when we moved here then I moved and started a new role and it was actually worse <laughs> like oh my goodness well had know. you experienced bullying before like at high school no. and stuff I mean there's of no. nothing there, like it. that nothing it like that awful. like and so and what happened it, at the new role yeah at the new role I left before I was six months good on you so, so what sort of things oh I like just um I think they may have had some kind of plan in place before they put me in that position because they had someone else for the role who was a relative of a higher up member of the of the business
0: like okay, and they didn't get the job so they just So that yeah, or perhaps they
1: couldn't start the job when they needed someone. They just needed someone to come in and fill in time until they could, you know, Um. get someone else. Like just rubbishy (sighs) shit that you shouldn't have to put up with when you're only like twenty. Like, oh, that's all. And I think that you know breaks down like huge a confidence thing. Like, Mm. was never confident. Oh, well, I, I was confident, but, Fries you know, a yeah. that just destroys your soul. Like, it's was mm. soul-destroying stuff. And, um, and so then from that point I... Um, Sorry, would you cry in lunch breaks and cry after work? Yeah, or- like probably to a point where I had to call mum and dad because I got in the car and driven somewhere and I didn't know where I was because I didn't know what was going on. Like, as in mm. mentally I was really unstable and... Mum and dad had to drive an hour and a half to get to where I was. Were you in a complete random direction? Well, I just got in the car and just drove and I rang mum and I was hysterical basically. Mm. And she's like, well, where are you? And I was like, I don't know. Um, And she's like, well, you need to stop and turn off the car and, and we'll come and get you. But then at the same time, I'm like, I'm wasting your time. Like, you know, and so... I ended up like once Mum got me come down, I was able to um, get back in the car and and get my way home. And then that's like we met Mum and Dad met me there, and they stayed there there for the night. And Mm. um, is that when you started um, getting medication and getting help, or were you getting help before that? Well, no, that's when I had said like you know enough's enough. I need to get some coping. Even then, like it's not not only were you not coping; it's that it sounds like not many people could cope with that what you were going through. No, but I oh, think that's awful. it was before that time because it's obviously still a, a little bit blurry at that, that time. Before I got to that point, I'd actually been to see a doctor and he said to me, oh, it's just part of growing up. You're just getting used to being an adult. Oh, that's gosh. what he said because yeah. I wasn't sleeping properly and like I was really struggling and he just did not get it. So then that process got through. Then I thought, oh, maybe I'm just, you know, at the end of the day you feel like you're going crazy because, oh, this is just how it is, you know, get over it. Mm. So then you sort of put it off for six months, and you put up with the bullshit, and you roll on and get on with life. You think I've just to hard enough?
0: Yeah, and then
1: and then sort of then obviously things were getting worse and worse, and then in the end I was like, um, I remember I made a doctor's appointment, and I went up to the like said to my boss at the time I said I need to go and go to the doctors, and um, I got there and they wanted to know at the reception how I was going to pay for the bloody appointment, and I'm like. Um, I said, I'd like to speak to my GP about that. Like, cause I wanted, at the end of the day, I didn't have a lot of money to afford mm-hmm. to pay. Um, so I wanted to get it bulk billed, but I knew you had to ask, ask a GP mm-hmm. and they would not let me say that. So, and I was just crying in the reception and she's like, no, we need to know before you go in. And I said, no, like, I, I want to just see the, I just want to see the doctor. Like I just kept saying, I just want to see the doctor at that point they should have had some policy in process because it should have been like right the person just needs to see the doctor like we'll yeah get, we'll get through it this person needs to um, need some help yeah and so I actually walked out of that appointment and walked back drove like didn't even get to the appointment drove back to my workplace oh walked my in goodness. said to my boss I need to take the rest of the day off and got in the car and rang a GP who I'd seen who's two hours drive away mm. um got in the car and drove there down there and had a um, appointment, and then we got onto like our mental health care plan. Oh, awesome! Um, and that person that dealt
0: with you originally would have been a receptionist who wouldn't have been trained at the time on enough on managing yeah. people and dealing with people and looking for signs and symptoms and
1: all that kind 100%, of hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And you would think, yeah, you just think like, like you well, could. It's really pretty obvious. You
0: don't distressed. need training. You don't really need training, do you? It's pretty obvious.
1: <laughs> but like it was it was clear that I was in distress. Like mm. you couldn't have
0: yeah ha- that's probably what I couldn't mean. have made it any been more obvious. clearer.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um but look, and I think though, like again, that probably comes back to everything happens for a reason because mm-hmm. then I got the right GP. We got on the right, you know, got on the right yeah. track. Someone and, you trusted, um, which is really I mean, important with mental health, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to find it in rural areas, but Mm. I've been able to really find that person. And today, like now I see her regularly um, for any health things, like we have built a great trust thing now. Um, And yeah, like I'll see her for everything, you know, and everything and everything like that's my yeah. main GP yeah um and yeah and I feel like it's a lot easier to explain yourself when you've been explaining yourself to the same person for a long time yeah, not yeah. having to repeat the story
0: was it um, you that was telling me that you had a cancer assist or not was it oh uh, yeah
1: so yeah. I um and that probably led but another thing leading to rural women's day so I think if we just backtrack a little bit um I got into a really great work role and I was supported in that role, really great team to work with, no bullying. Um, And then at that time that I'd started work with them, um, that was a couple of years ago, I'd actually got a scholarship to go to America for three months to look at the beef industry. Um, And so, again, my confidence grew and I, I think that's sort of that big connections and I was like there's a lot more to our our little community and local connections like um we need something more and I wanted something in our community but for me and that's um was a big lead up to Rural Women's Day Mm -hmm. um and and I think then to starting Rural Women's Day you obviously need some money saving (laughs) your savings to start something like that um and, and which I was in that position that I was like, if it's a flop, and I spend all this money, you know, I can afford to pay um, pay for the bills, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, yeah, in, in 2018, I sort of was looking at Royal Women's Day. In 2019, it was definitely on the on the calendar. Everything was happening, and um, I had a um, just a, a general pap, um, pap smear. And it just it reminded combat- me, I'm due for mine. get it done ladies because it will save your life um I need to write that down because I'd forgotten because I got it a couple of months ago um yeah so I got had one done and it was come back abnormal and so we went through the process went to a gynecologist and Mm -hmm. come back abnormal again and they're like um basically what it was if they left it um it would turn cancerous, like it was no question about it. So they had to, um, yeah, do a procedure to remove the abnormal cells. Um, was this something that ran in the family at all, or just was no, out of the blue? Out of the blue, and mm. mind you, I'd had several normal tests prior to getting an abnormal test, mm-hmm. um, and like the same sexual partner, everything. So mm. it's yeah, it can just crop up out of nowhere. Mm. Like you don't need any reason. I didn't have any symptoms, so yeah. when I rang that when they said, "Oh, we'll do the, do the um, booking for the surgery th- this time," and I said, "Oh, can we wait for a couple more months because that was the busiest time at work?" And ultimately, it's not a procedure. It's not just you know over and done and no problems for a day. Like you can have some um, minor issues afterwards. So, um, and they're like, they said, "No, Jackie." We can't wait on this one, and I was like, okay, well, this is a bit more serious than yeah. perhaps what I Thank initially thought. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I got it done in the busiest bloody month of the year um, yeah. at work, and I ended up um, having to. T- I took like a full week off, or might have even been two weeks, and I just was honest with work and said, well, this is what's going on, like, and then and in the end, they're like, well, it's your health. You can't. Yeah. If they can't understand well, that, that's yeah. Um- so they were really good with that, and I think that's it was a big thing then too, like. Other than talking to my mum about it, never really discuss like how do you bring that up with your girlfriends? Or but even then, I wouldn't say I have a lot of girlfriends. I know a lot of women or I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people. um, but I don't have some close girlfriends that it's, you know, something you would bring up in conversation with. So not Um, having close girlfriends, do you think that's because you moved a bit when you were younger? Yeah, I think so. And I've probably definitely moving a fair bit has has been a part of that. I can I've got friends, but you know, we, where I went to ag college, we were from all over Australia. So yeah. I know a lot of people everywhere. Um, beautiful and guess, You've sort of all gone your separate ways and it's hard to keep in touch when you're so far no, away, isn't it? Absolutely. And I like, I'm not, I'm not a big um, sporty person. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't involved in local sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to show cows growing up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did ballet for a while, but like, so it was, you know, I kind of never had a set or a, a friendship group that was in the same town as where you live, because you yeah. know people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think when um, that sort of was a big thing about Royal Women's Day too. I'm like, I just want to meet some more people, or, like-minded people. Yeah, like-minded people and connect and and in a comfortable and offer a platform that's comfortable, but have a platform that, or a space that's comfortable to talk about these things or. Um, you know, discuss mental health or not? Cheap, not be judged because, God damn it, like people can be so judgy, mm-hmm. especially women, and um, or or jealousy, like it's yeah. you know, um, and just yeah, we need to just stop the bullshit. Like, why bring people down? Or yeah. and and that's what I wanted for Real Women's Day was to a community that it just <laughs> cut through the crap. Like, mm-hmm. let's get to it meet new people, um, you know, come with an open mind, don't like and leave leave with a more open mind and, you know, by listening to someone else's story and life experience, like um, we haven't all got gotten easy and like no one does. At some point in your life you've been through a tough time. Mm-hmm. Um, and but like just, yeah, if someone's doing well for themselves now, like, doesn't mean that they haven't gone through crap to exactly. get to that I point. Think, like, um,
0: it's, that just comes down to people feeling that, worrying about comparing themselves to them and maybe they're not doing as well as they think that person is doing, Yeah. Um, which is why it's hard for people to support, like you were saying, um, people that live close by
1: are the least supportive. 100% agree. Yeah because I'm not, I'm not sure why I don't know why it just because it, it just threatens
0: what they do that's all yeah um, yeah
1: and they don't want to see your success
0: no because it threatens what yeah yeah makes them feel that they're not good enough or whatever
1: yeah that and I, and it. so I think and I've learned a lot about that too Kate over the last doing rural women's over the last three years like we held our first event in Dunkeld, where you'd, you'd come to visit and Slowly, the, this Instagram page starts growing, and I was like, yeah. "Holy shit, this is more than just the Southern Grampians, you know." So you had the
0: first event, and was that just Southern Grampians people? Um, and then the people, Instagram page no, grew. Actually, or the so, Instagram page come first. Um, I'm
1: sorry, we're gonna go over in a conversation at time. Um, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> I always go over with time. Um, so no, like interestingly, the oh, you have to go. You've got your husband's... No, thing. no, no. You're right because our thing's not till seven p.m. So you're okay. all good. Um. So what was really interesting, when I started rolling Women's Day, I was like, right, I need to have a list of people who I think are going to buy tickets, you know, and support the event. Mm-hmm. So I wrote up a list of about 30 names who I knew in the local Because bearing area, in mind to everyone, Jackie had never run an event before,
0: you'd never organised anything like that. No. Yeah.
1: So I had in my mind, I was like, right, we'll get back, say, 40 to 60 people, and 20 of those people would be like our speakers and, you know, or sponsors, whoever extra people, like myself, like in the 20. Yeah. So I'm like, I only need to sell like 40 tickets Mm -hmm. to cover our costs. Um, And I wrote down a list of like 30 names of women who I knew in the area, who I connected with in other social groups, um, who I thought like this would be the perfect event for them to connect. Mm -hmm. Do you want to have a guess, Kate, on how many people purchase a ticket out of that 30?
0: You did tell me, so I know it's low, but I can't remember.
1: So two of them t- arrived turned up because they were involved in the speaking event out of that 30 list one purchased a ticket and the other one got a ticket because there was a company that brought a group of tickets and they got so one two people
0: or four people
1: well four people out of the 30 but, but one paid for one a ticket one of them actually paid for their own ticket oh wow well, that's crazy and um and i was i was bit you know well, back. yeah and a
0: bit heartbroken I'd say
1: absolutely Perhaps, and yeah. um but then when we put like we had the tickets out there for sale and all of a sudden we sold 100 tickets and they were 100 tickets sold well 99 tickets sold to everyone else that wasn't on my list Less <laughs> you know? and so how but did they, they hear about it um I, well, I started the social media page and mm-hmm. put it out there to as many media outlets as possible um had on radio um newspapers local um little newsletters in like little towns that do their own um like newsletter printings mm-hmm. and um they yeah so they just and I or oh, even now when people buy tickets to an event I think no one's going to turn up I think it's like a hoax yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm sure there's like some some like scammy computer system that's brought all these tickets that <laughs> people are actually that's not your- gonna-
0: Two, 200 180 people were at this one just yeah, this yeah 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 it is amazing it's only your second ever event and you've got 180 rural women from all over australia and three from new zealand in that's one right room. and i think um four yeah, hours from the nearest airport yeah
1: that's exactly right <laughs> and I, I sort of think too Se- like that seven hours
0: if you're driving through floodwaters <laughs> <laughs>
1: i think if um and i started the instagram page for a women's day to advertise like people who donated items to the event and and then on the first day of the first event um Hmm. that instagram page grew to a thousand followers and i was like oh um that happened quickly like Hmm. and um so all organically never paid for an ad
0: amazing and i think it is because i remember seeing it for the first time and go, oh i'm following that like you look at it and go (laughs) That looks like something I'd be into. There you go. So, and I think. Um, and it's straight think, to the point. It's yeah, not no. a different sort of name. And you're like, oh, I wonder what that's about. It's we know what yep. that's about.
1: Yeah. So, it can't, that's sort of just how it grew. And then the following year, we wanted to plan the event um, and we couldn't do it because of COVID. Um, so, I decided that pretty early on. I thought I'm not going to stuff around trying to try and plan an event because the government can't even make a decision what's happening tomorrow, let alone in. You know six, 12 months' time. Yeah. Um, and I thought, well, we've got to think of a better way to do this. We've got now nearly two and a half thousand followers. How can we reach these people if we can't have an event? Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, met up with a friend who was Georgie, who um was a part of um last week's event. Um, and Georgie and I um put our heads together and come up with the idea to publish a keep, Ma- keep safe magazine. So yeah, we shared about 20 real women's stories in that. Um, and I advertised that purely through Instagram. Um, and then there was obviously a few like news articles that had cotton on to what's happening and wanted to, you know, support it. And we, um, I'd sold advertising to cover the print costs for 200 magazines. And I promised those advertisers that we would print 200 magazines. I couldn't promise that we'd sell or get rid of those yeah. 200 magazines. Um, and... We put it out there for early bird, or like not early bird, pre order. Mm. Um, put it out there, and in the first think twenty four hours, we sold two hundred and fifty magazines, and um, and then the orders kept ticking over until we got to just over six hundred. That is amazing. Um, and they were magazines that went all over Australia, and then finally, I worked out how I could get them to New Zealand, so I was able to open up the um, sales for that to sell them to New Zealand, and. So I printed 700 copies, and I think I've got one left. Um, wow, which is my copy Again. that I've drawn in. <laughs> okay, so let's just
0: think about what you've done here. You've you're a podcaster now. Never thought you could public speak. You're a published. Would you say a published author? Yeah, you've a got a magazine publisher. <laughs> and you've run two highly successful, massive events.
1: And I must say, we had no money to um, outsource support on the magazine so I skilled up on Canva using Google and YouTube and worked it out myself it's amazing Um, so can I ask have you been able to make any money from these or is it completely voluntary your time so we wouldn't have made any money out of the magazines however we sold 500 extra than what we thought so we were able to um, cover our costs and then have money left over So what I've done, and mine on the first of September in 2020, I had zero dollars in the Royal Women's Day bank account. Mm -hmm. Um, On the first of December 2020, I had about six thousand dollars, and that was after our bills were paid. So, which it wasn't there to make money. It's, um, but what I've then been able to do with that money is support. So we, our New South Wales. Um, a friend of mine, New South Wales, wanted to run a Royal Women's Day event. Mm-hmm. So last year when we couldn't run an event, I've um, put $1,000 towards her event because um, they had someone um, who was in a wheelchair as a speaker and we need access to um, like toilet access, like all abilities, toilet access. So we are able to put money in um, to ensure that their events could go ahead and, um, and then build the website, um, do... Yeah, kind of. We kind of let things go for about twelve months, but then I've been able to do a gift box, which was the following year. So, my even though we started with zero money, um, and we got yeah that five six thousand dollars, that's then just put back put back into the events, um, or any events or where we can support, um, something for Rural Women's Day. Yeah, and so. Last year we had an event planned and we announced it, and a week later we cancelled because we went back into lockdown. Yeah. Um. But we had a gift pack arranged, and so those gift packs, um, I go to approach a company who does gift packs, and but I have the input, and so we ask them, like we say, we don't need to make money out of it as long as that we the it covers its cost, mm-hmm. um. And is there like a minimum that you need to make out of it for your time? So most of them go, oh, well, we can do it for nothing or it might, it might be a small cost just for their admin charge or something like mm-hmm. that. So, um, yeah, I think. And then this year um, for the events from that leftover money, I had about, um, oh, it might have been like three or $4,000 left over from um, those couple of projects that we've done. And um, I didn't really want to put out didn't want to apply for grants again because it can be really difficult applying for grants um, doing the acquittal and justifying every cent like every cent that is spent Um, particularly when you know a lot of that there's money that gets spent on things that you know and it might be buying local flowers that you're not going to get a receipt for or so there's Mm -hmm. like you can't justify all expenses because you haven't got receipts for expenses you've only got like what's written in the budget yeah um and so this year I decided to put out um a like a sponsorship prospectus and we started the platinum at ten thousand dollars and I um was like you know no one's ever going to want to pay that we kept the minimum one at 250 um and yeah sort of I'm like, I can only put it out there. like. Mm. But then I also, I guess it's probably a bit of imposter thing. Like I always think it's not good enough, like mm-hmm. to be asking for that kind of funds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had the VFF making our farm safer, reach out about a week later and um, say, we'd like to get the platinum sponsorship. So they jumped on board with $10,000. And um, I love it when you do put those um, sponsorship sectors out there because a lot of people send you and want a copy of it and they never reply. Um, and so when people see that, you know, we've got this sponsor and then, and that was a $10,000 package, I th- people would always only see that as $10,000 in money. Um, but you know, we made adjustments with them. Um, so it wasn't a full $10,000 in funds because we made arrangements like we got pens instead and, yeah, um, yeah, and, and had one of their team come and speak. So, but also for a big, um, are they they're quite big right
0: yeah as a they've probably got money set aside to support things like that and it's a really great thing for them to support like it looks good for their brand
1: yeah and they loved it too it was a different way that they could um do a sponsorship and like sort of market themselves mm. um and I th- And then what about itch sparkling and stuff like that were they like the next one so itch sparkling was actually they come along um and we um, just brought their product and then, oh. and like paid for all expenses, but they came as the face of their brand. So awesome. there was like yeah. a lot of in-kind support from Jason and Andy. Yeah. Um, and then you had farm tender who I work for now. Um, and, um, so farm tender was a, um, silver sponsor. Mm-hmm. And so that was a monetary, a monetary, uh, like a financial donation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Grazia was also a silver sponsor, but their contribution um, wasn't in financial; it was in donation of magazines, yeah. and also um, having Grazia, the Grazia team there. So have um, mm-hmm. Victoria come and speak on the Sunday. So, yeah. um, and gosh, then we it was had- an amazing um, turnout of people, like high-calibre
0: guests. Like yeah. it was really and cool.
1: I think, um, yeah, I kind of look at it. It really come together. <laughs> in a strange kind of way because I'd ha- had asked like Pitt to speak three years ago mm. and finally we could do it. And then Emily was like 18 months ago or maybe even two years ago. Like, yeah. um, And then Grazia was only organised back in July. So um, so it all kind of come together. And I think that's one of those ones everything happens for a reason.
0: Totally. Um, and it all has a flow-on effect because um, when you get – Two big people like that, then other people want to come along as well, yeah. and it just
1: spirals. Yeah, and that's where um, you know we even had a couple of the sponsors come on that were two hundred and fifty dollars sponsors, so we had ten of those. Um, and and I, but I always think that maybe people think, oh, they must have got so much money because they've got all these sponsored people, and it's like, but we do actually take on a lot of um, in kind support um, where we give back and advertise them as our sponsor or in kind mm. support but it's not actually a monetary yeah. donation to mm-hmm. the to Rural Women's Day. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I, I think there was, you know, this year I've struggled through a few things about, um, like like I was saying before, about people maybe wanting to take advantage of, um, you know, what you're doing and um, and, yeah, and I'd had to make a few decisions that were difficult decisions to make but they were the right ones in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's times when, you know, I wish I could change maybe the way something was done or maybe the way I'd handled things. But I think when we're all learning, you know, if you just got to go, you know, you've you got to understand. And just not radio. overthink
0: things. I overthink things sometimes and it's just, it's no point. You just got to yeah. keep going forward, look at things, how you can do better, but not overthink them. There's definitely yeah. a difference, isn't there?
1: Absolutely. So that, like, and that was a huge, um, yeah, this year has has been really big and I've had to um, not let people go, but just be like, you know, you know, probably put up my boundaries and go like, you know, no, it's not happening. That's not, you know, that's not what we're doing or um, and, and I think that's a big growth and learning thing for me. Like um, next time I will make a better decision upfront without changing my mind later or, Mm -hmm um yeah make it probably more informed decisions um quicker rather than letting them go and then going hang on this isn't right or it doesn't yeah. feel right um I don't yeah, think so you can
0: be hard on yourself about that though
1: no and I probably am not but then you know it is you something need to consider it. yeah and I think though like I never want to upset anybody that's yeah, probably my hard my one huge thing. and so yeah just gotta do what you can and
0: oh, I find that hard too my business manager sometimes Kate It's business. Like sometimes you just have to do, it's business, you know, but you bring your your emotions with you because it means so much to you.
1: (laughs) That's exactly right. It's like your baby. Yeah. (laughs) And so what other learnings
0: um, would you say that you've had that would help others? I mean, I just really want to emphasize to everybody listening how much Jackie has achieved with what she's done. Um, So you know, it's super inspiring. So tell us some more little gems.
1: I think, Kate, it's it, I don't think I'm inspiring, to be honest, but I do want to say, like, honestly, if I can do it, you can too. Like, at, what the fuck is you holding you You are inspiring back? because you've done it. Look, you you haven't held back. You've done it. But, yeah, so, say that again. <laughs> say it again <laughs> for
0: people in the back.
1: <laughs> what the fuck is holding you back? Like, seriously, like... If it's your own thoughts that are getting in the way, put them aside and just have to have a crack. Or if it's what someone else is telling you, like honestly, tell them where to go. If it's not, if it's not your vibe, like you don't need those, you don't need negativity. Mm-hmm. Some negativity is a good thing to keep you dry, like keep you going. Yeah, um, but just set your boundaries and. Like I, you know, I didn't, re- I still don't have a goal. I don't know what the heck I'm doing next year for Royal <laughs> Women's Day. Like, um, I know I'm
0: coming. Can you put that <laughs> well, same I don't even weekend know if I'm again? Because it's yet. still
1: holiday. So it works like, out really honest, well for though, me. I don't know if I'm going to run an event next year, but yeah,
0: someone I do else really can. want to
1: support some other women who are running events yeah. or have done some this year. Because this and, year you had what, three or four in Australia and re- Rebecca Greaves did one in New Zealand yeah. in the North Island. Yeah, so I might come to New Zealand. Rebecca didn't do one, another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we had uh, four events in in Australia, and the one in New Zealand that Rebecca had run. Um, so next year, I believe we'll be having four again in Australia. That you know are already on the cards. Awesome. Um, and but one Where of them they? is. In, um, so South Australia, Victoria, New South, and two in New South Wales. Okay, um, because I want to go to one. So. Yeah, so I'm hoping that um, I'm working with those ladies to plan them throughout October um, so I can actually attend all of them. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, logistically it may not work, but mm-hmm. um, there's two that are on in New South Wales um, that we're planning one for a Saturday and one for a Sunday and they're a couple of hours drive apart. So I'll be oh, able to. perfect. Okay, um, that sounds like those. that would
0: be quite a good one for me to come to as well then. Yeah,
1: yep. Because so it really a- makes
0: the most of the trip over.
1: Yeah, 100%. So one will be, yeah, like a, um, from what I understand, like a Saturday after um, long lunch um, with a panel and the other one would be a Sunday and it would be a long lunch as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's about three-hour drive between the two of them. So, yeah. um, and, and yeah, and I really want to get involved in those. And one of them, the other one was in South Australia and those ladies actually come to the event in Dunkeld this year because they ran oh. one last year. Um but they weren't feeling very inspired for their own event this year. And they thought, no, let's go to Dunkeld. And yeah. so they've sometimes having out- a
0: year off in between is quite good. Like Absolutely. sounds like what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Sort of refresh, um, rethink. But otherwise you're constantly
0: planning and um, people won't necessarily go every year, but if
1: it's yeah. every second,
0: it I creates it more get, of a.
1: And it can get stale too. And what I don't yeah. want for rural women's day is to turn into some other brands that have been having their events every year for the last maybe 40 years they're the same thing same program same speakers like yeah yeah people get sick of hearing the same well i certainly do i don't want to go to the same event twice no
0: that's Um, why i'm like weary because i want to go somewhere different for the next one i'm like where (laughs) is the next (laughs) one
1: so um and that's really where i feel like with Rural women's day like it should be different and it should be modern and um like you know i've had i've sent out the survey for feedback and we've had like 70 something replies on the on the survey um, so cool. out of I think I only had like 130 email addresses even though we had 180 attendees a lot of people buy tickets for their friends so yeah I see. um so like you know really great responses and um, and there's some responses there where you go that person doesn't understand what royal women says about mm-hmm. or um, or the other responses have been excellent like loved love the feedback and like there's things that we can improve on but I this year I was so content with how the event ran there wasn't a thing I would change about it but but going from that though the next event is how I would change things from what we've done yeah exactly you don't um, regret anything but there's learnings to go forward with yeah yeah Yeah. that's
0: so cool that's such a good place to be
1: in no and I think that's where like honestly I'm bloody chuffed to be asked to you know share my story with um you Kate and I think like you know I was thinking I'm like oh I'm not really a fitness or you know but what what I realized after meeting your um you like your team and um you know and you and Anna and Kay um you Anna and Emily I realize it's not about fitness it's about Mm -hmm. your community it's about more
0: than that yeah
1: um and yeah and it's and it is for all levels whether you're actually doing it or not you just you know you're like dedicate is a community that you can be involved with. And I've watched people like Pip do her workouts were so long, watched following long dedicate. And I think, um, yeah, you're someone that, um, you know, I, like when you said you want to come all the way from New Zealand for rural women's day, like yeah. it's, Oh God, is the event good enough? for?
0: Oh, it sure I was. Ab- that we had an absolute blast. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, It was so, it was good. so good to
0: hear. Like, yeah. But Amazing, yeah, and, But also on this fitness topic, <laughs> I want to get you actually, yes, you're a part of the Dedicate community, but I want to get you actually moving because as you said, there's something for everyone. So I've set you up with a membership.
1: Yeah, I got that. I haven't opened it yet.
0: <laughs> yep. And um, honestly, you'll amaze yourself.
1: We should so.
0: start as low impact and introductory Pilates. Yeah. Give them a go and you can do it. 100% we can do it. And some walks um, because it feels so good to move your body. And I feel like maybe that's another awesome step for you on your mental health journey as well.
1: Oh, so- I couldn't agree more. Honestly, like I, and like this year, I'd really been struggling with um, high blood pressure and finally I've got it under control after several medications and yeah. lifestyle changes and everything. And yeah, one it was one end of the stick was, like I was going to drop dead if it didn't keep going that way. Yeah. And, at the, and now I'm at the other end where it's, you know, it's really good, but now it's a matter of, um, yeah, managing my health, which is, includes my fitness. And I think I've always probably focused on my um, health as being more looking after my mental health mm-hmm. um, and Rural Women's Day projects have kept me busy and um, keep the ideas running and, you know, keep my head clear, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um but but yeah at the same time it is important for me now like I you know I really need to look after my physical health
0: yeah and they really do go hand in hand your mental and physical health they go hand in hand yeah no you can't really have one without the other
1: no and that's why I'm excited to yeah be part of the dedicate community yeah we're so loved having you here (laughs) and you
0: know I've got some fitness questions for you oh I also wanted to say because you said earlier about not being into sport and that Potentially, I'm thinking it might be a bit daunting for you. I did a post recently about that and about how there's no, it's not like a game of sport where there's good people and there's not so good people. There's no such thing as that. Like yeah. everyone can move their bodies, we all move them in different ways. Um, you know, it, there's no right or wrong. You do your best, you'll find workouts that will suit you. So try and separate it from maybe some negative experiences you've had around sport?
1: I think um, the biggest negative experience around sport is when I was 10, I actually had both hips pinned. Oh, and, wow, yeah. So kind of on um, the back foot
0: from the start.
1: Was in like a wheelchair for like six weeks. And, wow, And then, yeah. Um, it would have yeah, been really hard at the, the age of 10. Up. Uh-huh. And, um, and like so I couldn't actually participate in local netball because of the impact, like the um, impact um yeah so there was a huge a lot of things for that time of um like my age that I couldn't do but I could do swimming and then in the end they had to let me do horse riding because mum's like I've got a farm kid that's sitting at home and she's not going to just sit on the computer or do play like play computer games like you have to let her do something yeah um so yeah got back into horse riding but showing cows was definitely our um family weekend outing I reckon you can call that a sport so yeah, you could if you're hanging on to like 500 kilo bull, it's gonna drag you around. <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. So I've got some um, fun questions for you to finish off. Now you make me nervous. <laughs> dum 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 dum. <laughs> There's some fitness questions, and if you just have to answer, that's just the rules. So what do you reckon you prefer, hit or weights? Hit. Pilates or yoga.
1: Probably a bit of both. Cool. A run or a walk. Walk. I can't run to save myself. Unless there's a brown snake at the back door, then I can fucking run fast. Oh gosh, I bet. <laughs> oh my gosh, your animals just
0: amaze me so much over there. And I know, we I'm saw a snake across New
1: the because there's no snakes.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Next time you see a snake, get a video and send it to me, please. Sorry, I'm not staying close enough or standing still long enough for yeah, a video. So, I know. <laughs> what happens like do you just run a mile like it's just well
1: you're horrific. not supposed to run you meant to just stay still but i haven't stayed still yet and like i remember i went out and i wasn't fr- like i was walking up to the mailbox and there's a freaking snake there like I'm like no so is it
0: something that it sounds to me like it's not something you, you get used to like it's a oh no well here. i
1: certainly don't i've seen plenty in my lifetime and i'll never get used to seeing a snake <sighs>
0: And what about a big spider? There was a big one when we were leaving Rural Women's Day, a huntsman.
1: I'm okay with spiders as long as they don't like pop out of nowhere. Yeah. But the other day I opened up my, the drawer in um, like my bedside drawer and there's a little spider come out like, but it was a funny looking spider and it kind of freaked me out because I wasn't expecting to have a spider there.
0: Yeah. And you're like, where is your family? Are they going to come and crawl <laughs> on me in the yeah, night?
1: Have you got like a million little babies in there? Where are <laughs> yeah. they going to
0: come <laughs> Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: Okay, favorite city.
1: Oh, favorite city. I would have to say um, probably something like Dallas, Texas. Oh, cool.
0: Love it. And favorite country town or area?
1: Good question. I do love where we live, being here at Biaduck and... You know, we're in like thirty-five minutes from the coast and thirty-five minutes from the mountains. Yeah. So how? So you you were forty minutes from Dunkeld Which direction?
0: So we there was a way south. we came in south. Okay. So the way we're we heading left. towards the, heading towards the coast. Heading towards the coast. Okay. So Hamilton, that direction, or yeah.
1: So I'm twenty minutes south of Hamilton. Okay. I kind of know then. I kind of know. Yeah. Sheep or kettle. Another hard question. I. Used to think it was only cattle, beef cattle. Um, and then I started working with more sheep. And I think either way goes down, but I can't go past a roast lamb. <laughs> <laughs> I really like them, but I will eat
0: them. <laughs> we all do it I mean, year.
1: steak's great, but a rack of lamb is delicious, especially when it's homegrown um the f- the, f- the funny
0: thing about this is I wasn't actually meaning to eat like if I know I know, I know eat, that I but I had to turn will, it around be. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I had to turn that one around Kate. you don't
0: really care about them, you just want to eat them fair enough that's what they're well I was going to say that's what they're, they're there for and it is we love them but they're there for us to eat um anyway sunset or sunrise sunset okay here's a relevant question because these were pre-planned um spider or snake and I think it's going to be
1: spider Oh, like which I like better? Yeah, yeah, depends on what sort of spider. <laughs> you have to answer the question: spider or snake? <laughs>
0: okay, spider. <laughs> red dirt or black dirt? Oh, red. Hundred. Jeans or trackies? Jeans. Dress or skirt? Can I say neither? <laughs> I was, you know, when I wrote that, I was like, actually, I'm pretty sure you're in
1: pants the whole weekend. Yep. In pants yep. the whole weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. Neither. <laughs> coffee or tea? Oh, I have to say actually iced coffee.
0: Oh, okay. Roast or mince? Roast. Okay. Here's some getting tricky questions now. Would you rather go back into your past and change something or see into your future?
1: Oh, you know what actually neither I think you can you can't look go back to your past and change it there's no point no um and I certainly don't want to look into my future because I'm too busy looking after now you sound like a beauty
0: pageant like answer like the perfect (laughs) answer but you have to
1: choose (laughs) choose um the future is scary because you can't predict yeah what if it's not good so no I'd then I'd have to choose the past. Then there was there's but there's not much I change. But no, you might just have a different meal
0: on a different day or something, that's right. But you never know. <laughs> have you seen Shrek 3 or whatever? Like, you never know how much that could change the course of your life.
1: <laughs>
0: um, toes for fingers. This is hard hitting questions now toes for fingers or fingers for
1: toes. Gotta to think about this one.
0: Oh, god damn, I hate
1: feet, so it'd have to be fingers for toes, yeah.
0: Because it would be, yeah, it wouldn't be much fun having you your toes put, on your hands, would it? At least
1: you can put a sock on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can wear gloves, but yeah, not very <laughs> practical in the summer. <laughs> um, Toilet paper, do you scrunch or fold? Fold. And lucky last, sticky fingers or wet feet? Oh, wet feet. And is there anything else massive that's happened or anything interesting that you want to share with us I always ask this question at the end just in case there was something that we missed or
1: you know something that no look I don't think so I think um no I just actually want to say thank you for the opportunity to share a bit about my story like I think there's obviously that was a very short time to share a long time yeah um but yeah just um I was thinking about the other day and uh, and looking at some feedback that we had from the event and um, I wish people perhaps knew me more um, because sometimes I think they might assume that, you know, I'm maybe just sitting in an office, got nothing to do with rural country life. And I feel like I've been involved in ag in a, for a long time, like mm-hmm. my whole life. Um, and I've been exposed to watch, you know, watch my family go through drought, watch people like friends lose their places through flood in Queensland. Um and then fires devastated um, family farms. Um, and yeah, and I just, you know, I just hope that think is rural, for rural women's states, for all rural and regional women, mm-hmm. um, regardless of, you know, what you're doing, um, where you live, who you've married to, what job you have, what business you own, how many acres you've got, um, whether you're retired, anything. So yeah, I just, that's a my huge big message for Rural women's day is anyone can celebrate and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Who you are or or what you're trying to achieve. I like that. And so um, was there
0: some feedback that you felt made you feel that they'd misinterpreted you?
1: Yeah, I think there was some feedback in one that said, um, and I don't want to finish this on a downer, but you know, it was like, I think the feedback was along the lines of, I thought this was a weekend for rural ladies like, okay, and I was like, How was it not? Yeah, <laughs> that was everyone was for rural or regional, weren't they? Yeah, yep, and so, um, and yeah, and that kind of took me back a bit. I was like, Well, um, next year, I'm just gonna have to do a better job at saying, like, what, what we, how we interpret what rural women are, like, it's not, yeah, about like it's not just for women who are running farms or oh, I think
0: that's the beauty of it oh it's my post would have been really relevant that one I did for international yes
1: 100 percent. that's why I shared it because oh, I really like it yeah. yeah yeah so I yeah I don't know I think we've got a long way to go Kate mm-hmm. to um uh, and but not only a long way to educate those that are maybe be a little bit stuck in the mud mm-hmm. um but a long way to encourage those other women who may be feeling a bit displaced and not um yeah that rural like women very and very regional difficult. women come in very
0: different forms absolutely especially nowadays with the internet and people are uh, living and working remotely and it's all yeah there's so many
1: different types of
0: rural women yeah. aren't
1: there absolutely and I think like like someone said the other day like we've we've got access um, someone I recorded the other day, she was talking about how with social media, we've got access to a global community. Yeah. Um. Don't hold, don't be held back by your small communities mm-hmm. or, and and somewhat sometimes small-minded communities. Um. Yeah. yeah. Like, you. There's a long way that we can, you know, we can reach a lot of people, and I mean, like this, like I'm talking to someone that's over the ditch. Um, and yeah, and like you know, people I've been able to connect with. Um so much broader than being um, feel like I'm being stuck when I live in a, you know, a regional little, little town. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. We've ended on a really powerful thought provoking message. Thanks so much, Jackie. No, thank you, Kate. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for creating such an incredible event. Honestly, Um, I'm still on a high from it. It was amazing. And I had a week long, like hangover, mental hangover (laughs) being back into real life because it was just such a great time. So thank you so much.
1: No, thank you. And thank you for having me on your podcast. It's a very much an honor. And I can't so wait to get to over there and meet you. you. Yes, <laughs> I've already, you've already met me. Well, no, meet, like, see where you live. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hold on a minute, mate. It was only two weeks ago. <laughs> mate, <laughs> definitely. definitely. Yeah, Please come over. over yeah, and,
0: and um, 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 I'm only 35 minutes-ish from um, PIP, so you'll be able to meet oh, us both in one fell swoop.
1: Yeah, that sounds really good. I said to Pete, I'll be over there before Christmas.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh,
1: I love it. I love
0: it. And what workout are you going to be doing and when? I'm saying this not to force you, but I want to um, I want to support you. Friday morning. Okay, you, you message me when it's done, okay? I will, yes. Awesome. <laughs> and if there's an exercise you can't do, sub it for one you can. If there's an exercise you don't like, sub it for one that you do. Like there's no I'm- rules. Do your best. No, looking forward
1: to it. Thanks, Jackie Thanks, Do you get called Jack or Jax or? Yeah, I was named after my grandfather, who was Jack Elliot. Cool, because I've been wanting to call you Jack, but
0: I wasn't sure. You know how some people. Yeah, Jack's fine. Cool. <laughs> awesome, Jack. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jackie. Have a great night. Thank you so much for your time. I will. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to the Dedicate podcast. And thank you so much to Jackie for opening up to us today. I hope she has inspired you all as much as she inspires me. If you enjoyed today's episode, here are some must-listens from other rural Australian guests. Steph Trithui from Motherland, Claire Dunn from Grazy Her Magazine, Kendall White from Blue Tree Project, and Amanda Cochran from Grampians Goods Co. To our Kiwi listeners, don't panic, it's not all about the Aussies. Tune in next week as I interview a well-known Kiwi that is sure to be a great listen and a great laugh. And team, if you're not already a Dedicate member and want to improve your fitness and do it in a fun and supported way, join us on Dedicate with your seven-day free trial at kateivfitness.com. We're all on this journey with you.